All right, I think we're going to get started. So uh, good afternoon, everyone. Um, thanks for coming. Uh, I know I'm probably separating you from being able to get out of here. So um, I'm, going to, I'm going to be quick, but hopefully this will be interesting. I'm going to talk to you today about wearables and how you might be able to use wearables with your frontline employees and really you know, use that to get more productivity, keep them safer, and all this sort of interesting thing. So I'm going to talk to you a little bit about that today. But just before I do that, I want to just give you a little bit of a, um, a background about myself. So my name is Haytham Elhawari. I am the uh, CEO and co-founder of a company called Kinetic. Uh, we actually build a wearable device, uh, no surprises. And I'm wearing it right now, and I'll tell you a little bit about it. Um, my background is I'm actually a roboticist. So I used to build a lot of the robots that you see back here um, and then sort of changed. And I have a PhD in robotics and biomechanics. Uh, my mom introduces me to her friends and says that my son is a doctor, but not the type that helps people. Um, so everything I've done here is to prove her wrong. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so that's a bit about myself. We're based in New York City, and I'll tell you a little bit about what we're up to. So I'm going to show you something first that I'm sure a whole bunch of you are very familiar with. So uh, this is probably very, very common for a lot of you. If you're an operations leader and you have a frontline workforce, um, in a tight labor market like we're in now, uh, you might get injuries, and when that happens, um, combined with labor shortages, you have to require overtime sometimes, you get lower productivity out of people who are having to do overtime all the time, then you get a high call-out rate, uh, you can't deliver to your customers, so you start to get complaints, and so that you get into this sort of spiral, right? And if you would have asked me 12 years ago when I graduated from my robotics degree, I would have told you that the answer to this is robots, right? And, um, and you know, at the time, I truly believed that in 2020, we would have robots that could pick your boxes, could load the trailers, the trailers would drive themselves to your customer, and that we would be in that world of sort of autonomous robots. And instead, we sort of got this. Um, so this is a robot from Boston Dynamics. Uh, it's probably one of the most well-funded robotic companies in the world. Um, and, you know, it's, it's just a really hard problem to do, right? <laughs> and so, um, so this is sort of where we're at. So there's a lot of robots out there. There's a lot of robots in the field that you've seen. Um, and if you look at sort of tech, you know, all the big technology revolutions that have happened in manufacturing and supply chain, you know, we have the assembly line and Henry Ford and lean manufacturing. And in the 80s, like robots in factories, we were sort of promised all these amazing robots in 2020. And I think probably they'll happen, and everything I told you will probably happen in the future, but we just got the timing wrong. And that's probably going to happen in 2050. And so where I really believe that the interesting opportunity is, is not to replace workers, but to augment and enhance workers. And so that's really um, where I think wearables can play an important role. And so that's really why we, put, we started the company, is that we feel that the next big transformation that's going to happen with your frontline employees is all about building technology that can make your workers more productive, make them safer, and really enhance the workforce instead of replacing them. And so what we did is we set about thinking, well, how can we do this, right? How can we build technology that helps augment your workers? Um, and so we, we decided to have a look at wearables uh, and see what inspiration we could get out of consumer wearables. So I want to throw out a question there to all of you. How many of you are wearing or have worn a wearable device? Wow, this is al almost 75% of you. Um, and if you remember, a lot of these things used to be just for steps, and now they can track your sleep, and they know when you're running, and the one I use knows when I'm swimming and when I'm biking. Um, and actually, when I did some research, I didn't realize, but there's 
433 different wearables in the market, which is nuts. Uh, there's wearables for everything you can imagine, including your dog and your cat. Um, and last year, about 130 million wearables got shipped, um, which, is, which is a really massive number. If you think about it, 130 million wearables, that actually means one in every three Americans has a wearable. Um, and you know, granted a lot of you probably have one in your shelf or on a drawer somewhere, that just means a lot of people have started using this. And so the question we ask is what can we learn from consumer wearables and can we bring it to the frontline employees? And so, you know, I'm based in New York City, we have Central Park in the middle, and if you go to Central Park, you see people running and they all look like this. They all have their phones and they all have wearables, and you can tell this is dated because now it's all wireless uh, headphones. Um, but essentially, you know, they have all these great sensors that can track all this amazing data about themselves. Um, and they have all these great apps that can detect, you know, whenever was your personal best and all these interesting things. And, um, and you know, this stuff works. Like, if you then look at sort of a lot of what's being out in the press, people have lost weight, people have become more active, people have gotten into marathons and triathlons. Um, so really, we have all this great technology for consumers that helps us be more athletic and more active. And so the question is, how can we translate all those benefits over to frontline employees? And that's really where we've focused a lot on. And so before I go into like, you know, what we can do in the frontline employees, we, we sort of really started to dig deeper and said, okay, what, what is it about wearables that make them work for consumers? And we sort of came down to three things. So one of them is, it can measure a metric that you previously didn't know, right? So for example, who knew how many steps they took before they had a wearable, right? Nobody knows that. And suddenly now you can know. And once you know, then I can give you goals and I can say, hey, why don't you do 10,000 a day? Or why don't you try to beat your sister or brother or friend uh, and track your progress and see how you're progressing, right? And, um, and the third thing they do really well is to create sort of this competition and this social motivation. So uh, I have my dad, uh, so I have a competition with my dad ongoing. And every evening, like when I'm having dinner, I check to see if he has more steps than I do. And if he has, I go out for a walk. Um, so by creating this sort of competition and this social motivation, what it's doing is really motivating you to achieve your goals and to do, to do better than everyone else. So these are sort of the three big principles we saw that worked with consumer wearables. And so now what we're gonna try to do is take all this and see what we can do for frontline employees. So, um, this is the question we asked ourselves. How can we use wearables to augment the workforce? And so, what we try to imagine is, could we get a frontline employee to essentially act like an industrial athlete? Like, could we get them to move with good body mechanics? Could we get them to perform their job in a way where their chances of injury go down because they're using, they're using all the right muscles to perform their job? How can we make sure that our frontline employees are moving in the best way and that they're active, right? And that was really the, the problem we set out to try and solve because as all of you know, strain and sprain injuries are really common. It's very unusual to see someone over 50 in a warehouse or in a factory. And so um, a lot of that is just because over time you wear out your body and that's because you're using improper motions as you work. And so we wanted to set out and say, how can, we, how can we create this sort of idea that every single worker needs to treat themselves and treat their bodies as if they were an industrial athlete and really try to uh, move in the best way possible. And it's tricky because the way we move is really a habit, right? You don't even think about it. It's a bit like when you brush your teeth, you just do it. You don't even know how you do it, right? 
Um, and so with movement, it's very much the same thing. You, you go about doing your movements, and you just grab something and don't even think about how you do it. So how can we change that mindset? So what we did is we built a wearable, um, and I've got one on me now. So it looks a little bit like a pager. So it literally is this big. Um, and you put it on like this. And it uses all the same technology as the consumer wearables I've just told you about. It has sensors in here. And what it's able to do is measure motion as I'm, as I'm moving around the facility. And what we've done is we've, we've tuned it. We've basically trained it to detect three types of motions that we know lead to like strain and sprain injuries. So those three motions are these. So everyone knows, right, if you, if you sort of bend like this to pick something up, that's not good, right? So the device can automatically detect that. Um, the second thing is twisting, right? We all know that twisting is not great, and you shouldn't, like, you shouldn't twist your body to grab something. Instead, you should turn your body and grab. Um, and then the third motion that it can detect is overreaching. So when you sort of overextend your body to grab something, right? And that puts a lot of strain on your lower back. So these are the three motions that sort of OSHA defines as the, the, the ones that cause the most sort of lower back musculoskeletal injuries. And so what the device is capable of doing is measuring when you do those things. And then it, um, so it gives you this sort of like real-time vibration so that every time you do this motion, you become aware that you've just done it. And that's what, how it starts, right? So it creates this awareness. And then once you're aware about how you're moving, you can start to self-correct. So now you know that if I do this and it vibrates, uh, oh, next time I might, I might go and squat and grab it, right? And so that's really how it works. It creates this real-time awareness about how you're moving. And that's what this device does over here. So the second thing is, uh, sure, a device that vibrates when you do something incorrectly is, is interesting and it's important and it gives you that real-time awareness. But how do you make it as engaging as the consumer wearables that I've just told you about? And so what the device has is a little screen on it. And on that screen, you can check your data. And so let me give you an example. So here, for example, you can see that the worker's checking their screen, and they can see that they've done 121 high-risk postures that day. So you remember I was telling you before, how many of you know how many steps you take in a single day before you had a wearable? Nobody, right? How many of you know how many high-risk postures you do every day? Right? How many high-risk motions you do every day? No idea, right? And so what the wearable does, which is interesting, is that it can count and it can tell you hey, you're doing 500 a day, you're doing 200 a day, you're doing 1,000. We've had people do 1,000, 1,100 a day, uh, whereas before you just never knew that. And so once you know that, we can start to do really interesting things. So on the screen on the left, uh, we can tell you, hey, you've done 16, but your goal today is 65, right? Um, or we can show you that the screen in the middle shows you how you did this week. So on Monday, you did 42. On Tuesday, you did tw uh, 20. On Wednesday, you did 10. So it really gives you a sense of how you're progressing and are you getting better and better. Um, and then, of course, you know, we talked about competition, right? So uh, you can, we can have things like you're the first out of 250, so we can rank you across your colleagues, especially those who are in the same job. Um, and then we can create, we've created sort of an incentive system where every time you wear it, you get a point. And as you accumulate points, you can change it for prizes. Um, so the idea really is, how do you convert this from just something that vibrates to tell you you've done something wrong to actually something that engages you, gives you data about how you're progressing and, and whether you're getting better or not, right? And that's what, that's what the, this part does. And then finally, there's a dashboard. And so when you, when you put this back in the charger at the end of the day, 
all that data gets sent to a dashboard. And so a manager can have a look at the dashboard and see, okay, who are the workers that have, uh, who are at the highest risk? Or what job has is, is got everyone at high risk, right? So like you know you might need to redesign that job. Or what area of the facility is driving the highest risk? Uh, even things like what day of the week? Or um, you know, we had a, we had a, a client that uh, delivers beer. And so before Super Bowl, it was just nuts how, how high that went up. And so you can really understand like, what drives these spikes in your, in your production and in your, in your risk. And so we have sort of two ways to do that. One is on the left for the workers. So they have an app. And they can go to the app. And they can see, oh, look, I did on Mondays. Mondays are my worst days. Let me check that. Um, and then there's this um, dashboard for managers that can really sort of focus their attention on whoever needs it most. Um, and this is what they sort of look like in the field. So you can see on the left, you know, you roll in a cart, they have 100 units on it. Um, or you can roll in a kiosk and it has like 300 units on it. So you, it can sort of sit somewhere in your facility. And the ideal is that they're placed very, very close to wherever your workers have to come in and out every day. So if they clock in, you can put it next to the clock in machine, and they can grab their device, go to work, and that sort of stuff. All right, so those are the devices. And so what I wanted to do now is, you know, before I told you, what are the three things about consumer wearables that make them really like engaging? And so we then try to say, okay, what is it about our device? Can we, can we imitate that, right? And so um, if you remember before, consumer wearables were able to measure a metric that you had no idea about, which was steps. And now we're doing exactly the same thing, but with, with high-risk motions, right? Um, the second thing is you can track goals and you can track your progress. And so we do the same thing, right? We give you a goal and you're able to track your progress. And then finally, competition and social motivation. And you've seen that we can do that through things like ranks and stuff like that. So we've really tried to sort of imitate what worked well in consumer wearables and bring it over to the frontline employees. All right, so does this work? <laughs> so this is the big thing. So we spent a long time building this. And then now we, what we did is over the full like 2019, we deploy this at several sites. Um, and then we try to measure what happens when, you, when workers start wearing something like this. So this is typically what you see. So the gray line at the top is how many high-risk motions the workers were doing when they started wearing it. So the average was about 125 a day. Uh, it's actually not bad. Uh, we've seen much worse than that. Um, and then what ends up happening is as you get the vibrations, and you can see at the bottom, week one, week two, week three, the, the workers start to self-correct. And they start to change the way they move. And the number of these high-risk motions they do every day starts to go down. And so by the end of about 90 days, you could see a reduction in anywhere between like 40 and 60% of the number of these high-risk motions that they're doing. And this is really important, because if you move with better body mechanics, you're going to get less injured. You're going to feel better at the end of the day. You're going to be more productive because you have less back pain. And so this is really, really important. Um, all right, so we teamed up with AIG, which is obviously the big insurer. And what they did is they chose a client in manufacturing. And they did a really interesting study. So what they did is they took half of the workers in the site, and they gave them the device. And they took the other half of the workers, and they didn't give them anything. And then they just said, all right, do this for a year, and let's see what happens at the end of the year. And so what ended up happening at the end of the year was that the, the group that wore the device had about 60% less injuries than the group that didn't wear the device. And the only difference is that we changed the way they moved. 
right? So, so using good body mechanics, you know, squatting, turning, all the good stuff that we learn but we sort of avoid or ignore because we're so used to moving in a certain way. That was the only difference between the two groups and there's a 60% reduction in injury rates, right? So really, really massive. Um, and it ended up being almost a 50% reduction in the cost of claims as well. So not only was it reducing the frequency, it was reducing the severity of the injuries. And this is a quote, so this is a Hall of Famer. So this guy, he started with 323 high-risk motions every single day and ended up at 12. Uh, so it's a 96% reduction. So he's like on our number one in our Hall of Fame and we're trying to see if someone will beat him, but he's, he's, he's staying up there. Um, and you know, like, this is totally true, right? It's really tough to lift with correct posture because you've got to think about it. Um, but you definitely feel less back pain, you feel better at the end of the day. All right, so this is another client, this is Iron Mountain. And what they did is they took, you know, Iron Mountain sort of, what they do is they go to your, your offices and they grab paper and anything that's sensitive and they shred it. And they take it to their warehouses and they store, they have storage, they have shredding. So we were putting it on both the drivers who are going to deliver and the folks that are in the warehouse as well. Um, so five facilities, 400 workers, uh, over 12 months. And we reduced their injury rates, well, sorry, we reduced their cost of claims by 65% um, with an ROI of almost eight. And again, the only difference is that now they're using better body mechanics to move, right, thanks to the wearable. So what these guys have done now is now they've rolled it out to 65 facilities in the US, which is great. All right, so another thing that came out of the Iron Mountain study, which was very interesting, is like, you know, these injuries, not only are they sort of tricky, they also take a long time to recover from because like, you might hurt your back, you might pull, you know, pull a muscle. So what we did is we kept track of how many days were lost um, because of injuries or back pain. And in 2018, the year before they deployed us, they had almost 1,200 days lost um, with these 500 associates. But then the following year when they had to deploy Kinetic, they, uh, they only had like 139. So basically they reduced it by almost 90%. And this makes sense, right? If you are reducing strain and sprain injuries, then the number of days your workers are out because of injuries goes down dramatically, right? Which is, which is what you would expect. So we definitely saw that 90% reduction. And here's the really interesting part. So what I'm showing you here is the number of items uh, that in a warehouse that they were able to pick by hour of the day, right? So you can see they start bright and early at six in the morning. At 10, they have a break, they have lunch. At one to two, they have another break and then they go home at 5 p.m., right? And so the number of items they were able to pick uh, was higher when they were wearing the device versus when they were not wearing the device. And the reason for this, and we were asking the workers, like, what's going on, why is this happening? And the reason is just because when you're moving with better body mechanics, you're able to keep your pace up for longer, you're, you're, you're less sore by the end of the day. Um, and so, and for any of you who are parents and know what it's like to pick up your kid all day, by the end of the day, you're pretty sore and you can't keep it up, right? So th I think there's like a very, very similar si similarity here. So 5% uh, so increase in, in worker productivity, which is great. And I think one, like we shouldn't lose sight of the most important thing here. And this is like this quote by Anne at Xerox is really interesting that if you give a device like this, you know, technology like this to your workforce that's keeping them safer, that's helping them move better, essentially they feel like you're investing in their health and well-being and they're gonna respond, right? So this increase in safety, this increase in productivity happen because you have employees who are happier too. Uh, and you can't really underestimate that. So I'm gonna open this up to questions in a little bit, but what I wanted to do was, I wanted to just give you a little bit of like what I think is gonna happen in the future now. Um, and so, 
I think that what I'm telling you now, which is putting sensors on your workers and really using that to help augment the workforce, keep them working, keep them productive, keep them safe, I think that's just gonna become super common. So I think over the next 10 years, what you're gonna see is that your workers are gonna be wearing more and more of these sensors. Um, the sensors are gonna get very sophisticated, they're gonna be embedded in your safety vest, they're gonna be embedded in your clothes, they're gonna be really discreet and small, but I think it's gonna become super common. And actually, if you look now, um, I was doing some research in, uh, like on, on other wearables, and you have now smart connected helmets, so if you fall over, it can detect that you've fallen. Um, you have like video displays in these helmets, so you can now sort of see instructions as you're working on something. Um, you can see safety vests that are just filled with even an airbag and sensors and things like that. Um, exoskeletons are becoming more and more common. So I think what we're gonna see over the next 10 years is sure, robotics will have a place, but I think what you're gonna see is more and more technology that helps you know, get the most out of your workforce, keep them productive, keep them safe, um, until the robots come and then it's over. No, but like, you, know, you understand what I'm saying, like, the technology will, will, will really enhance workers. And I think a lot of your jobs will ultimately be looking at data. So you'll be out on the floor, but just as important of observation and looking, and looking at your workers directly, you'll be looking at data to see where's your next injury gonna happen? Why is productivity going up or going down in these certain areas? And that's really gonna be the transformation of your job, is really interpreting this data and acting on it accordingly. All right, so that's what I got for you. Uh, so happy to take any questions, whether it's on the device specifically that we have or any, anything else that you're sort of interested in about wearables. I'm, I'm, I'm very passionate about this topic, so happy to take any questions that you have. Yeah. So the question was, were there any theft of the devices, right? Um, so generally not so much. So every device has the name of the worker they're assigned to on it. So typically, if it goes missing, like you know who, who had it before, so we didn't see too much theft. And then also just like, the idea is that people start to get into it and they start to compete. So you, ultimately this is a device that people eventually want to wear because they want to compete, they want to get swag or whatever it is that the prize is. And so that's why you don't, you don't see it sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, so the question was, how does a device account for different body types? So actually the device, um, right now it sort of works for most body types. The only type of, of there's, there's one type that doesn't work well. So if you are low riding essentially and you have your pants down here, it doesn't work, right? Because on your hip, what it's doing is sort of measuring the way your hip is moving and it's figuring out the rest of your body movements. But if, if, your, if your waistline is down here, it won't work. So other than that though, it works for most body types. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this is a really good question. So the question was, you know, how do you deal with things like pushback from workers or unions who don't want anyone to wear a device that could potentially be monitoring them, right? It's a really good question. And it's, it is like, it's really important that if you decide that you want to deploy something like this, that you really think that through because 
What we typically found is if you just give it to people and say, hey, you have to wear this, go and wear it, you'll get, you'll get resistance. And so the, the important thing is to sort of do a couple of things. One is to explain really well what it does uh, and what it's going to be used for. So this is only going to be used for safety. It, you're not going to get fired no matter what the data says. Right? So it's really important that you say it. You also say what it doesn't do. So it doesn't have a GPS, doesn't have a camera, doesn't have a microphone. We're not going to track your location. So you really have to have a bit of a strategy to say what it's going to do and why we're doing this and what it's not going to do and what we don't intend to do with it. Um, and that increases your chances that you'll get acceptance. And what we've typically seen with work is really interesting. What we've typically seen is that at the beginning, there's like, hey, what is this? But then once you explain it, there's curiosity. And if you allow them to ask questions and they get to ask all the questions they want, then they, they sort of get enthusiastic. But you have to go through all those steps. Right? You have to explain it. You have to let them ask questions. And you have to let them get comfortable about what this is going to do. Um, so we even recommend, for the most part, hey, make it, make it voluntary to start. Right? Make it voluntary. Let only the people who want to wear it wear it. And when they get enthusiastic, the people who aren't wearing it might want to wear it too. Um, so it's, it's more things like that um, that, that help get traction, and then, and then you get sort of mass, mass acceptance. Yeah? Yeah, so the question was like, in the study where we divided in two groups, one group wore the device and one group wasn't, was there consistent training across the two groups? So, so the answer is yes. So basically, the, this site had high injury rates, but they had a training program already in place. So we didn't touch the training program. All we did is just took half the people, trained them how to use the device as well, and that was the only difference between us. Yeah. So just, just correct me if I understood this right. So you're asking basically if you can rotate the devices, right? Have people wear it for a period of time and then have another group wear it? Actually, that's, that's actually a, a, a very possible idea. So we've seen clients that what they do is they uh, put it on a group of workers for, say, six months, and then they rotate it to another group for six months, and then they rotate it back to the first group. So what ends up happening is if you wear it for a while, you create this new habit. But if they take it away from you for long enough, you'll sort of go back to where you were before. Because the problem with our bodies is that we tend to, like, our body tends to be a bit lazy and go back to like a low energy positions. And it's much easier to just do this than to sort of go and squat. And so over time, our bodies tend to go back to bad positioning. And so it's good to, to refresh that group and bring it back to the original group too. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good question. So the question was, you know, what happens if people go to the bathroom, does the thing go off or whatever? And so, so yeah, well, I mean, we, <laughs> we've had complaints of people saying, hey, I go to the bathroom, this thing goes off. Um, so what we recommend is just you, you take it off <laughs> while you're in the bathroom and then you just put it back on again. <laughs> That's a good question. Yep. Yeah, it's a good question. And so the question was, do we envision that in the future we might use this to give a warning when something is too heavy? Uh, and it's a really good question. The challenge there is that it's really hard for us to detect weight. And sometimes we can detect it because the way you lift something when it's heavy uh, or when it's light is quite different. 
and we can detect, hey, this person is moving in this way that probably means they're lifting something that's very heavy. But right now, we haven't implemented it because they're just not at the accuracy level that we want to do yet. Um, but it, it would be ideal. Like, that would be the idea. It's just really hard. Yeah. Yeah, so the question is, have we tested this in very dirty or industrial environments? So yeah, so we've had it in, we've had it in a foundry, which is just like, it was, it was like, like uh, we've had it in construction sites. So we've had it in pretty, pretty rough environments, and, it, and it's lost pretty good. Any other questions? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a great question. So the question was, and this is really interesting because we, someone brought this to our attention before, we never thought of it, is can we use it, like when you're automating a solution, can we use it to know if now the motions that, are, that the workers are doing are less than before, right? So we've increased efficiency. Is that, that the question? Yeah, so totally. I mean, this, this tells you, right now this can tell you whether, how many lifts you're doing, whether they're high risk or not, if you're walking, if you're running, if you're driving. So you can really get a good sense by looking at the data of like, if you redesign a process, how, what was it like before and what was it like after? And you can compare and see what's changed. Yeah, so it actually has a height sensor, so it can tell you if you go up or down a particular step. So you can, you can do things like that too. Yeah. So the question is a good one. The uh, question is, what are we developing to take the software to the next level? So really, the way I, I think about this is, when you first bought your wear consumer wearables, the only thing it could do was measure steps. And now I can do sleep, and biking, and swimming. And so we almost think of this as like this following the same trajectory. Like right now, we can just measure high-risk motions. Uh, but there's no reason this couldn't do slips and falls. This couldn't do jump, jumping off vehicles. Um, this couldn't do things like um, even like clocking in and clocking out. So the way I envision this going forward is, is um, like doing more and more of those things. Um, and the cool thing is that it doesn't require hardware change. It's just a software update. Any other? Yeah. Yeah, so the question is, does it have any fall detection? So no, but it's one of the next features we're going to deploy. So it's something that a lot of people have taught us about. Anything else? Cool. So a uh, couple of things. If you want a copy of these slides, Connor at the back can either scan you, or if you give him a business card, we will send you the slides, and that way you can have this to, to think about and, and see if this is a good fit for your workforce. All right? Any other questions before we head out? All right. Well, hey, thanks, everyone, for coming. Uh, I really appreciate it. <laughs>